Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is such an important topic, affordable housing and the real estate professionals. And I have the perfect expert, Carmen Mercado. She's the senior manager at Freddie Mac and Affordable Lending. Carmen has an extensive career in the real estate world. She previously was with a a global real estate firm and even started her career as a real estate agent. She's been nominated and actually has won one of the 25 most influential women in the housing economy. So I am thrilled to talk to Carmen. Hi, Carmen. Hi, Pat. Thank you so much for having me here today. Well, you have a spectacular background or the perfect person to talk about this important topic. And I just want to start off, like, how did you get into the real estate world? How'd you get into the world of mortgage banking? Well, interesting. I got into the real estate world based on my own experience as a homeowner. I really enjoyed the process and I felt that I can be part of the solution, which was really helping more buyers understand this process, right? It could be an arduous process for especially for first time home buyers. How I transitioned into the mortgage banking side of it was really as a real estate agent, once I became licensed, I started working very closely with buyers, seeing how they had to go through the process firsthand, navigating through the mortgage loan application process, working with the loan originator. And the other part of that was seeing a larger scope of how the banking institutions were working on trying to help first-time home buyers, which I was one of those several years ago, and really provided me a broader view of what the housing and finance industry were all about. What I loved about that as well is that real estate and the loan originators and housing counselors are all part of this large housing ecosystem that working together is really what moves the needle for that potential buyer who is dreaming of home ownership. So I would say those are kind of some of the the moving pieces of how I ended up working in the mortgage banking side. Could you tell our listeners about some of the mentors you might have had that were important to you in your career? Because you've done both sides of it. I have. And I have had the fortune of having some great mentors throughout my career. But three that I most look up to and really have been instrumental in developing myself as a leader. One of them was Frances Martinez Meyer. She also comes from the real estate side was a former president of the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, which I had the privilege of holding that title after her in 2011. And what for me, that was a testimonial to representation matters, right? I saw this, you know, female leader of a large institution, and I saw that was a possibility for myself as a real estate agent, as a career-driven woman, The other person that I really also looked up to from a mentorship standpoint was more of the PR and media side. And that was Mary Mancera. She helped me really understand that you have to find your own voice in leadership, in presentation skills, and the power of really being authentic. So that was another mentor when it came to that segment of my career. And lastly, and I'm leaving out many mentors, but my last mentor, I would say, would be Tanya Rue Narvaez, who actually happened to be my former boss. She really uh, was a mentor by example. I saw how she led as a strong female leader and really had the ability to look at a larger scale and a bigger picture, 
So I took, you know, components of all of those three female leaders, and I started morphing that into who I wanted to show up or how I wanted to show up as a leader in the industry. Well, that's terrific. And actually, I should have another podcast on that exact topic. So I'm glad that you brought that up for sure. So talk a little bit about the challenges that you have in your current position as a senior leader in affordable housing lending. Right now, housing and affordability is a big challenge across the country. Um, it's, a fa- it's a challenge that we face with a lot of obstacles for future home buyers. And our team in single family mission and community engagement at Freddie Mac is chartered with going out and really speaking to real estate professionals who are working with low to moderate income buyers, first time home buyers, diverse buyers to talk to them about the dream of home ownership. But with high interest rates, low inventory, and really, honestly, affordability being challenged across the country, it could be very deflating, not only for the borrowers and the buyers, but for the industry professionals that are actually servicing this market. So I would say that one of the biggest challenges in my current position with myself and my team is to really continue to be animated and excited about being able to provide some of those solutions. And again, in a market that's so competitive, you know, it could be a little bit hard to receive that message, uh, whether you're an industry professional or whether you're a consumer. But the way I like to see challenges, uh, Pat, all my career, all my life is really look at the challenge as an opportunity to be part of that solution, whatever that may be making sure that you know we're educating the real estate professional, making sure that we're educating the buyers, getting them prepared, because as they prepare themselves, when the opportunity actually becomes a reality for them, they'll be in a much better position. So I would say the challenge is really turning this market into an opportunity to educate future borrowers. Well, that's a really good point. And it certainly is a much more volatile market than it was in the the past few years, which leads me to this next question, which is really, I think, important. What trends do you see mortgage bankers should be aware of but aren't paying attention to? That's a great question. I was thinking about that, right? I can't speak specifically for the mortgage bankers, right? Freddie Mac, we don't originate. We're in the secondary market. But, you know, I do think as an industry as a whole, so this is, you know, on the mortgage side, uh, the lender originators, the real estate side, even housing counselors, I think as an industry, we need to keep focusing on finding affordable housing and lending solutions. You know, it has become a big issue, especially for millennials and the younger generations. We're not creating more land. So therefore, we need to understand what are some of those opportunities in our own markets to make sure that we give access to affordable homeownership. And the word affordable, you know, we can talk about that much later, but the word affordable is really, it depends on where you live. So that's one of the things I think uh, the industry as a whole should be paying closer attention to. The other thing I also think we should pay close attention to is the changing demographics across the US. Uh, The millennial are amongst the most diverse consumers that are out there. And that's going to continue to be what is driving homeownership for years to come. So I would say that's another segment that we should be paying close attention to. Millennials, Gen Zers, as well as the uh, multi-generational household and diverse homebuyers that are really driving homeownership. 
Well, again, that's a great point that you're making, which really, I think, ties together with our main topic that I want to talk about today. I know that the agency does fabulous research effort when it comes to different analysis, and I was particularly interested in the recent survey that you did that was completed with, um, you surveyed 1,500 real estate professionals, and what did you find as in total? We did that survey, it was a little bit over 1,500 real estate professionals. We worked with uh, different real estate companies, a lot of the diverse trade associations, and a broader scope of practitioners who participated in the survey. We did this actually between September 2020 and October 2020, and that was really conducted in the you know, midst of the pandemic. And what we wanted to do is get a better sense of what were some of the market challenges the real estate professionals were facing, but we also wanted to make sure that we got that information from their perspective. How did they see themselves? What were the connecting points in the market? What were some of the challenges they were facing, but also the challenges they perceived to be the most difficult for those particular borrowers that they were working with? especially during the pandemic, right? A lot of purchase uh, processes in place, and now the pandemic happened. How did they have to shift their business to make sure that they were still relevant and still had a healthy pipeline of business? So some of the things that we found as a highlight of that survey, and this was no real surprise to me, was that when we asked the real estate professionals, does your borrower, does your customer or client see you as a trusted advisor and a subject matter expert um, when it comes to understanding the financing side of the business? And although that real estate agent is not responsible, nor is a professional in finance, 77% of the respondents said that, yes, their borrower goes to them and looks to them to connect them with a loan originator that can help them become pre-approved or pre-qualified. So many times the buyers don't even start with the lender institution. They go right directly to the real estate agent. So that was one of the highlights. Another highlight that I felt was really important was we saw there was a little bit of a disconnect between the real estate agent working with housing counseling agencies or borrower help centers. And that really provides a large opportunity. And we can dive into that a little bit deeper. But mm -hmm. I saw that also from the survey, which I found very interesting. The third thing I think for me that I found as a highlight was that real estate professionals, especially those that were less tenured. So for me, that's anything uh, below five years of experience. And it was interesting. The survey actually had a pretty uh, robust equal amount of highly tenured individuals, 20 plus years in the industry versus you know zero to five years in the industry. But what we saw was the interest in learning about affordable lending solutions. And people may ask, well, why? They're not a lender, they're not an originator, they're a real estate agent, but really understanding what was available was important to them. So we, we did go out there and ask them questions. Did they know about Freddie Mac's, you know, home possible low down payment option? Would you like to learn more about that program? Would you like to learn more about general down payment assistance program? And we actually saw a high tick in terms of individuals who said, yes, absolutely. I want to learn more about this. So those are kind of some of the three 
big highlights from that survey. There were many more and that survey is available on the Freddie Mac website if you wanted to do a deeper dive. Well, that leads me to the question that I saw when I was reading the survey that it talked about that the realtors needed to think outside the box, which uh, does apply to the mortgage originator side also. Um, But what are some of the examples that you run across? Thinking outside the box. I love that question. So one of the things that we saw in the survey during the pandemic, the real estate agents had to really rethink how they were going to do business in order to stay relevant, in order to be able to close the deals that were already in the pipeline. And for those that were representing sellers to be able to actually sell that home. So some of the things that rose to the top in our survey was that 55% of the respondents actually switched from hosting open houses because of the pandemic, because of safety issues. They switched uh, from open houses to going to private home tours. What I will say is that that has been something that as I speak to real estate agents, even today in 2023, they actually do enjoy that. They felt that they were giving a lot more one-on-one attention to that buyer who was walking through that property versus having these large open houses. I think the buyers also were showing um, a sense of gratitude for being able to do that in a safe environment. And that was out of respect for both the buyer the real estate agent's health safety as well as the seller safety. Another thing that I think that really helped them think outside the box was gravitating towards remote closings. That is not something that was common across the country. There are some states that are more prone to remote closings than others, but you saw a lot of that change. I've even heard of, you know, where the seller and buyer were not in the same room uh, because because of the pandemic. But if they can leverage remote closings, use the virtual Zooms and virtual verifications, they were doing that. In addition to that, virtual showings. You had real estate agents that were you know, touring the property with their camera and the buyer was completely remote somewhere, sometimes out of state and being able to actually view that property. That actually was 48% of the real estate agents who responded to our survey said that they were actually Um, doing virtual showings during that time frame. So I would say they really had to think out of the box. Uh, They had to start providing, you know, masks and sanitizers. So they even started using some of that for actually branding themselves. So I thought they pivoted really quickly and really adjusted well. Um, Most of them saw that their business had a slight impact, but not as negative, I would say, as maybe some may have thought, because they did pivot quickly, they did think out of the box, and they saw an increase in some cases, an increase in their business. Well, no surprise, and you already talked about the coursework. Uh, Could you talk a little bit more? It sounds like the realtors were very much interested in what the agency's coursework looked like. And so talk about what the coursework that the agency provides. This is one of my favorite things. Uh, When I joined Freddie Mac about five years ago, it was really to create a program where we can engage with real estate professionals because it it does take everyone within the housing ecosystem to get to the closing table. You know, that is the real estate professional, the lender, the housing counselor. So when we started creating this outreach effort for real estate professionals, Um, As part of our single family mission and community engagement uh, team, which is where I sit, uh, our team is really in the field, both in person as well as virtually, 
And what we do is go and speak to real estate professionals as well as lenders and talk to them about the Freddie Mac product solutions that we have to offer. We are excited that in about 2020, we started launching the what we call the Neighborhood Real Estate Specialist course, which is a three-hour continuing education course for real estate professionals. We are currently approved in 14 states, so I'm very excited. We're also looking to expand that, not only from a state level, but also from additional courses. This particular course, the Neighborhood Real Estate Specialist, is focused on real estate agents learning more about first-time homebuyer programs, 3% down payment loan options, such as Freddie Mac's Home Possible, other down payment assistance programs that are available locally to them. It also goes through requirements to qualify for a loan and local resources to help more buyers. So that's a three-hour continuing education course that is completely free uh, for real estate professionals um, in these states. If, if we're not approved in the state, the real estate professionals can still participate. They just would not get uh, the CE course. We are currently approved in Alabama, Ohio, Florida, Minnesota, Georgia, Illinois, uh, Texas, Michigan, Missouri, New York, Washington, Colorado, and Oregon. So if you're listening and you are from one of those states, I encourage you, we have gotten phenomenal reviews of brokers and agents have been in the business 20 plus years saying that it's one of the best courses, not my quote, uh, that they have ever attended. In addition, Pat, uh, to that particular CE course, we also offer non-CE-based offerings on some of our other products. So our team, our outreach team is out there in the field. They go cross-country. They talk to real estate agents and lenders. And we talk about some of our other products, such as Choice Renovation, Green Choice. These are products that help buyers you know, finance the repairs that they need. Uh, for some of the homes that they're purchasing, we have an aging housing stock. So that's some of, some of the other coursework that we are currently offering. And then last but not least, one of my favorites, uh, because as a real estate professional in 2004, I actually became a what they call credit smart coach, not knowing I would end up at Freddie Mac. But real estate professionals can actually become certified uh, to become a credit smart coach. Credit Smart Coach is a curriculum that is about financial capabilities. So if the real estate professional goes through our program, becomes certified, they can actually use our curriculum to go into the communities and educate future home buyers. It talks about budgeting, purchasing a home, how to purchase a car, understanding interest rates, understanding your credit score. So it's a phenomenal program. Um, and those are the three offerings that I would like to highlight today. So Carmen, talk about how many professionals have actually participated in these programs. It sounds like you've done really a lot. Yes, I would say every year on the real estate team uh, that we have focused on the real estate outreach, uh, we have reached over 15,000 professionals every year and sometimes more than that. And that's, you know, a lofty goal that we have every year. And every year we've been able to increase that number 10% every single year. So we're on target to reach that this year as well. 
Well, that's fabulous that you're doing that. That's for sure. Talk to the listeners about, it sounds like from your survey result, which is no surprise that 90% of the realtors use the social selling channels. Uh, and so when you think about, when you look on the mortgage side, it's still somewhat new, uh, many of these different channels. And so are you surprised by any of that? It does not surprise me at all, because when we look at the industry, especially those that are purchasing properties, millennials actually represent about 22% of the population. They're the largest share of first-time homebuyers, and we know that millennials and Gen Zers grew up with technology. Uh, they're, they're very comfortable with social media, and if you look at NAR research, it will even tell you that most buyers, especially first-time homebuyers, will start their search using social media sites, websites, that is normally their first source of information prior to even uh, reaching out to a real estate agent. So for me, it wasn't really a big surprise that social media would be at the top of how real estate agents were either reaching current customers to stay relevant or reaching new customers. There are other two that rose to the top in the survey in terms of usage for real estate professionals was Twitter and Instagram were also the other two that real estate agents were using to really drive their business. Uh, but there are others, you know, there there's TikTok and yeah. there's, you know, other social media sites. I don't know about you, but I'm not a TikTok user. <laughs> Me um, neither. <laughs> I have decided not to even download that app. I cannot keep up with so many apps. But what I would say, Pat, is not really so much about what platform that the real estate agent is using. Social media is a big part of their business. We'll need to be continued to be a big part of the business. But it's not the platform, I think, that matters as much. Yes, you do want to go where the following is exists for future buyers. But it's really more about the information that you're sharing on those platforms that can actually set yourself apart, right? So it's using the platforms in a smart way that drives information and drives the desire for that particular customer to call you as a real estate professional. Well, as a sales trainer, I couldn't agree more. You're exactly right about it. It's not the platform. It's the content of what you're sharing for sure. Well, talk to us about, you've already mentioned about the realtors and the house, the housing counselors and, and that they really are a small percentage of them are really uh, partnered with them. Um, why do you think this has happened? And do you see this as a big opportunity for realtors? I do. I think that when the survey came in and said, you know, one in eight realtors were partnering with housing counseling, I did, I will say that caught me by surprise. As a former real estate uh, agent, I worked very closely with housing counseling agencies. I think this is still a great area of opportunity. What you're seeing is that, you know, when you look at the real estate agents who responded to our survey, when we asked them if their roster of customers and clients, so buyers that were working with them, if there were more diverse, so if their, if their roster was 10% or more of buyers that were representative of the Hispanic or African-American community and or low to moderate income buyers, we saw that that did jump from 12% of having that relationship with a housing counselor up to 20% for Hispanic and African-Americans and 18% for low to moderate income buyers. So what does this mean? 
if you're seeing a double increase in terms of individuals working, real estate professionals and housing counselors together, especially with low to moderate income buyers, is that there is a need and a larger opportunity for that, you know, what I like to say, connecting the dots. The partnership, in my opinion, between the borrower help centers, housing counseling agencies, real estate professionals will provide a better experience for the home buyer because now everyone that's involved in the process is speaking to each other and this is a relationship business. So it also can not only help the home buyer, but it can also help that real estate agent to have a referral source of business coming from that housing counseling agency. And one of the other things I'll point out here is that when you look at the available resources, these housing counseling agencies can really help that buyer identify down payment assistance programs and funds that they can leverage in addition to some of the low down payment option products that currently exist. And they can do layer financing to help with the largest barrier to home ownership, which is saving for that down payment. So I think this is a huge area for opportunity for realtors to really set themselves apart and start creating stronger relationships with the local housing counseling agencies. That's a good point for sure. Well, what are your thoughts on, and this is something that I see in the mortgage business, and that certainly is, is that many times the loan officer does not work the affordable housing sector because the loans tend to be smaller. And as a result, since they're on commission, that this becomes less attractive for them. And I would assume that would be the case on the realtor side. What are your thoughts about that? And does that actually, I mean, is that actually something that you also see? You know, I would say my experience, you know, again, I'm wearing my real estate hat pad on, you know, I I worked with a lot of buyers that were either had limited English proficiency or were low to moderate income buyers. And my experience with real estate professionals overall has been that most agents are committed to working with buyers, especially with first time home buyers and low to moderate income buyers. The reason I say that is because it is one of the most gratifying experiences that you'll mm-hmm. ever have. It may you know, be a little bit more work uh, because of the education process, not understanding the process, but it is also a great source of future referrals. That first time home buyer and that low to moderate income buyer, if you help them with that maybe lower priced home, they're going to continue to refer you and you are going to most likely not have to prospect as much for business. Additionally, you know, I always think of the word affordable or low balance loans. That is relative depending on where you live, right? If you live in California versus, you know, maybe, you know, living in Tennessee, that is going to be very different. I think the reality is that real estate agents, you know, I I personally do think they are excited about working with first time home buyers and low to moderate income buyers. I think they equally get us frustrated, right, to see some of the challenges that this market is presenting to their buyers. Uh, But if they work with them and work through it, they will really feel that they are really contributing, right, to homeownership. And I think that, as again, based on my personal experience, will be a great referral source. So I guess I see that from a different lens. Well, that's a good point that you're making. Especially, I like the point about future referrals because this is a referral-driven business for sure. Uh, Lastly, let me ask this question, Carmen, regarding when you look at what Freddie Mac is rolling out in the affordable housing, what what are some future trends that you think are going to be very important to this sector? 
Well, we have several great products and we're always looking at the insights and market trends. We have some phenomenal economists and market research team that really is keeping their hands on the pulse and our team that's on the field, really understanding what's needed and what are some of the barriers and how can we help overcome that by you know, providing products that our lending uh, originators can use. So we do look at down payment as being the largest barrier for homeowners. And for us, that means, you know, our home possible 3% low down payment option. You know, this particular product in terms of reaching the low to moderate income buyers, that is what this product was created for. It's looking at individuals that have an income of 80% or less of the area medium income. It really provides uh, some flexibilities around mortgage insurance. It also provides, you know, some savings because they can remove the mortgage insurance once they have 80% equity in their home. In addition to that, we do know that there are a lot of traditionally underserved communities and we have rolled out what we call Borrow Smart Access, which is a program that can help with down payment up to $3,000. We're doing this in partnership with a few lenders and more to come in 10 identified markets which really shows that there is a large number of traditionally underserved communities that can benefit from this program to help them with that down payment. Um, this program will really make a big impact, especially for those low to moderate income buyers that are looking to purchase a home. You know, as I mentioned, Pat, really down payment tends to be the largest barrier for most homeowners because they have their down payment, they have their closing costs, so this sure. program uh, will allow for them to be able to use our down payment uh, funds to help them with that down payment. You know, we're always looking at ways uh, that we can continue to come up with new programs, new resource, new education, outreach efforts, so that we can keep not only the lo loan originator, but the real estate professional and housing counseling agencies aware of what is available so that they can learn about these products before being in the transaction. Right. That's the best time to learn about any product. Don't wait until you're in the transaction. Learn about what's available out there and really use your local resources uh, so that you can then go ahead as a real estate practitioner, pass that on to your communities and make use of these funds that exist. And that's just a few examples. But there's so uh, many more great opportunities out there. And I encourage the real estate agents to to research them. Well, that's a great point. Also, we only have a few minutes left. Do you want to give a couple of takeaways for our listeners today, Carmen? Uh, yes, absolutely. So what I would say from a real estate practitioner uh, perspective is, you know, thank you for engaging with us, right? Continue to send information about what is needed in the market. Participate in surveys because we do take them seriously. We do look at the information and we evaluate what is happening in the market versus what is needed. I would also say a takeaway, go out and reach out to your local housing counseling agency, introduce yourself, learn about what they have to offer so that when you do have a buyer who's coming to you who needs to leverage some of these programs, that you have, number one, the contact at the housing counseling agency, but also you have the information to help them expedite that process. And lastly, I would say is definitely make sure you are also engaged with your lenders. Find out what programs do they have to offer. Find out, you know, what are the differences? What are some of the qualifying, um, you know, characteristics for any particular loan? 
So that way, when you are in the middle of a transaction, you can actually navigate that with your buyer or with the buyer uh, and get them to the closing table. I think preparation is key. So when the opportunity knocks on the door, not only you are prepared, but that buyer is prepared, especially in a competitive market. Well, Carmen, I have to thank you for sharing all of that wisdom. And I want to thank our listeners. I certainly appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks so much, Carmen. Thank you very much, Pat, for having me. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.